tonight. Fresh off an appearance right here on Sunday night's main event, Nick Aldis has everyone talking about the NWA, probably for reasons Billy Corgan would rather they didn't. With everything going on in wrestling, where is the line between fact and fiction when it comes to following the business side of things? We have a special conversation with Mike Sempervivi from the Wrestling News, who's trying to call it down the middle. MJF is headed for the big screens, and Dave Meltzer is back. We catch up on a lot of the news of the last couple weeks, including Jeff Jarrett in AEW. We get his thoughts on this whole Nick Aldis NWA split and rumors swirl about Stone Cold Steve Austin heading back to WrestleMania again. We got a lot to talk about here on Sunday night's main event. We love professional wrestling. Acknowledge me. This is Sunday night's main event. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. On the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Because you love something fresh in you, don't you? We deserve better, people. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Do I have everybody's attention now? My God, what an impact. Hey, it's Mike McGuire. Welcome to Canada's Wrestling Radio Show, Sunday night's main event, powered by Great Lakes Beer, a fiercely independent brewery. Order online at greatlakesbeer.com. The show is always available for you for free across the country on TV. TSN Radio, whether you're in Pembroke, Port Moody, or the Paris of the Prairies, we'll find you on the iHeartRadio and News Talk Networks, as well as through several affiliate stations all across Canada. And you can also download full episodes of this show at snmeradio.com. If you want this show early, including extended episodes, full-length interviews, and commercial-free, all you got to do is join our Patreon, patreon.com slash snmeradio. There's a bit of controversy, but there's also a lot of other news to talk about this week in wrestling. Let's get down to some of the biggest stories in the five count. You want to hear the breaking news? Nick Aldis, who was a guest on this show last week, and Billy Corgan, the owner of the NWA, have taken their side to the story of their split to the air. Shortly after our interview with two-time NWA world champion and now Stu Hart heritage champion, Nick Aldis made his way across the country. Aldis announced via Instagram that he was giving his notice to the NWA. Now, Nick explained with Sam Roberts on the Not Sam Wrestling podcast that the message wasn't meant to be inflammatory, but it also wasn't meant to be as public as it was. He was hoping to post it to his Instagram subscription service. People saw it, and Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins, who also owns the National Wrestling Alliance, appeared on Busted Open Radio, believing that this was all a plan by Nick Aldis. He's working an angle. I don't know what the angle is. But why? If, why would you build up a company, put your name on a company, put your face on the poster, and then on the way out the door goes, eh, to heck with it. That doesn't make any sense. Because in a way, he's burying himself. Why would Nick Aldis be willing to bury himself on the way out the door? Because he's doing something. It's so obvious. Now, it is fair to mention that these two did work a bit of an angle in the public eye, saying that there was some tension behind the scenes. But this time, Aldis is saying it's not an angle and that Billy may be the one taking things too seriously. Let's call a spade a spade. He worked himself into a shoot. Again, like, I'm trying to be nice here and not, you know, yeah. say what, what's very obvious and, you know, for, for anyone who's paying attention. But his lack of experience and his naivety, you can, I, I forget who it was I talked to about this, but what that first time when it was, you know, ostensibly an angle when some when people reached out to me i said yes but i'm concerned that he's working himself into a shoot i can't recommend 
enough that you listen to both interviews, both the Busted Open interview with Billy Corgan, as well as the Not Sam Wrestling interview with Nick Aldis. It's hard to tell if there's a right or a wrong in this whole thing, but at least you get to hear both sides in their entirety. WWE has kicked off its next African WWE superstar search. Athletes selected from the Lagos tryout will automatically be put on the same journey and the same opportunity and the same evaluation process as any athlete, any talent that we recruit across the globe. The first of its kind in Africa, WWE has teamed up with South African broadcast partner Supersport. There was a big press conference this week in Lagos, Nigeria. Similar to Tough Enough, applicants are requested to submit a video that showcases their personality, not so much their wrestling ability, and they'll be given the chance to attend tryouts in Lagos in February of next year. Of those contestants selected, a few will win an all-expenses-paid trip to the WWE Performance Center in Florida right around WrestleMania season. Among superstars that were there, Apollo Crews and Omos, who both have Nigerian roots, were excited to kick off the campaign. On a regular basis for a long period of time, I was getting messages um, li- almost literally every day about when is WWE coming to Nigeria, and now we're here. We're here. This is a huge opportunity. So what you got for this next WWE Superstar Search, I promise it's going to be amazing, and I'm truly looking forward to seeing all the entries. Well, he's a favorite on this show. Good news, R-Truth has had surgery on his torn quad from his appearance on NXT a week and a half ago. Truth reached out to fans on social media thanking them for their support. It was during a match with Grayson Waller on NXT after a somersault over the top rope to the floor that R-Truth grabbed his left leg and the match was stopped. Now, Truth is often considered a timeless performer who seemingly doesn't age, but Truth will actually be celebrating his 51st birthday in January. In the meantime, he'll be spending it rehabbing that leg. Again, we wish the best to the 24-7-48-7-7-11-I-95 South European television champion, possibly the greatest of all time. CM Punk has made his first public appearance since the infamous AEW All Out press conference. Chew up the living color, look at my eyes, CM Punk! Let's not do that anymore. (laughs) So great to have you, man. Great lineup of fights, but it's always a little bit different when we got CM Punk in the building. I'm happy to be here. I've missed you. I've missed everybody watching at home. I've missed the fights, and tonight I'm not going to do that. (laughs) That is John Morgan who was trying to sing Punk on the screen there. Anyways, Punk was all smiles and sporting a longer hairdo that he said had to do with a movie role coming up. He's also sporting a very burgundy suit, so we didn't see anything regarding his injured arm. But he did appear to be having a good time on Thursday night. Punk was doing commentary for the CFFC, which is a deal he had before working with AEW back in 2021. There's still no official word on Punk's AEW contract status or if he will be returning to the company. And just because it gives us a reason to play some wigwam going into our next break, John Cena has let us know that season two of his HBO Max series, The Peacemaker, is almost ready to go. Cena, who's known for not captioning any of his Instagram posts, did share a graphic of the Peacemaker's gloved hand holding up a peace sign or indicating the number two, which probably makes more sense because showrunner James Gunn confirmed the suspicions announcing that Season 2 is a go. In fact, the success of Peacemaker has given Gunn and his cohorts the keys to the castle to try and bring the DC Universe to Marvel levels. Looks like Super Cena strikes again. Alright, coming up, we check in with Dave Meltzer, who had a busy week of his own last week, but we also have someone else who you may hear on Wrestling Observer Live, perhaps the Mid-Atlantic Podcast, or... 
his newest venture, The Wrestling News. Mike Sempervivi is on the way. Thank you so much. We got a great show lined up for you right here on Sunday night's main event. You're listening to Sunday night's main event on TSN Radio. Here in Canada, we have several regionally specific phrases that arise when said vernacular is considered appropriate, i.e., the funny-sounding term, shinny. Shinny is a game of ice hockey played without the standard head-to-toe body armor. Instead, only skates, gloves, a hockey stick, and preferably a helmet is worn. And, if you're Mike Lackey, GLB's brewmaster, you wear the same pair of shinny pants day in and day out from December until March. A common code of ethics is employed during a game of shinny. For example, raising the puck off the ice is strongly discouraged, for fear of being struck in the shins or worse, elsewhere. However, the most common practice takes place off the sheet of ice. Mandatory post-shinny beverages with your team, and boy does Great Lakes Brewery have the beer for that. Shinny Pants Session Stout, a beer inspired by Mr. Lackey's well-worn and well-stained pants. Oh man, you spilled beer on my shinny pants, bud. Shinny Pants Session Stout. Drink it fresh, please. It's time! It's time! It's time for the Wrestling Observer Insider with Dave Meltzer on Sunday night's main event. Back after a trip to Pro Wrestling Gorilla last week. Uh, did you have some fun, man? I actually had a great time there. You know, yeah. the show was fantastic. Went with some people who were not wrestling fans who loved it. You know, I mean, they just, you know, and I, I mean, I had them some of them at wrestling before yeah and and they put up with it but this one they loved you know i, think, I mean just, i think deep down inside everybody's a wrestling fan it's like it's like any format of music you just need to find your pro wrestling that you like right and then yeah yeah i mean the thing the thing with, with pwg is if, if you're not a wrestling fan and you don't watch it on television and you think bad about pro wrestling if you go to pwg you will probably have a great time okay well we'll get to the controversy behind this in a second but did you watch any of nwa hard time three last night I did not. I was watching UFC last night, but okay. um, I'm aware. Obviously, the Nick called the story, obviously, you know, but. well, we'll get to that in a second here. But the, the big story, if you look at the NWA product, like what's on TV, what they're showing is Tyrus is now their world champion. Do you have any yes, thoughts on, I heard on that. that? Well, you know, my gut is, is that he probably put it on him because Tyrus is on Fox News. And so it's kind of like somebody who has a platform bigger than than they have or, and maybe that's the reason. And I get the reason. I mean, as a wrestler, um, no. And I, I've seen the negativity and I get the negativity. But I also I do get the mentality behind why he's doing what he's doing. He's doing anything to get some sort of an attention. But but this mm-hmm. is not Tyrus's world champion is not going to be as far as appealing to wrestling fans. No, it's not going to work. So let's talk about the real story that came out of the NWA that everybody was talking about. Literally the moment our show with that interview with Nick Aldis is going to radio stations and online, all of a sudden this huge announcement, which he says now was an oopsie. It was supposed to be on his subscription service on Instagram, but Nick Aldis announces that he's given his notice to the NWA and then a suspension comes out of it the next day. Uh, Billy Corgan and him are trading words between the Sam Roberts show and busted open and everybody's just it's it's a huge mess here. Both sides seem to agree on certain things that happened during the relationship between Nick Aldis and Billy Corgan. But then it gets to the point where one side deviates one way greatly. Billy Corgan going as far as saying that that Aldis is just trying to work an angle to get noticed somewhere else and try and get somewhere, which 
is the nature of wrestling. Let's face it. You're, yeah. you're yeah. an independent wrestler. You're an independent contractor. You want all eyes on you so you can get the money. But at the same time, Aldis is coming out and he hasn't really said too much inflammatory. He said that he didn't like the creative direction, which I mean, any, any, any wrestler on any given day can say that in any company. Alexa Bliss just said the same thing about her character where she's not sure where the hell she is right now. Yeah. And, and she's doing very well in WWE, you know, money wise, I'm sure. But then you get to the point where Aldis is really just saying, like, you know, this wasn't my thing. This wasn't the NWA I signed up for. And all of a sudden, Billy and again, you have to listen to both interviews, guys. I'm telling you right now, because we can we can surmise little pieces of it here. But listen to the whole busted open thing. Listen to the whole Sam Roberts thing, because both of them give their sides quite eloquently to a degree. But then Aldis says, like, this is Billy working himself into a shoot. And I was like, well, they, they had they had that issue. They had that, they had that issue before when they were doing yeah. the worked angle and it kind of got a little bit out of control. You know, right. you know, like, I mean, it was still an angle the first time, but it was sitting close to home in certain points. You know, I mean, as far as like what happens next, I mean, I don't know what happens with with Aldous. He's a good talker mm-hmm. and looks great. It's just that right now there's so many really top people in, in AEW and, and WWE. So nobody, I don't think that like they need anybody, but you know, like NXT, they're really not looking for guys in their mid thirties. They're looking for younger guys. Um, You know, before like four years ago in NXT, I could see him coming in and being somebody like LA Knight was, so to speak. And I mean, right. I wouldn't shut the door on the idea of WWE using him for, for his, his strengths or AEW using him, but I don't know that it's a lock either. You know what I mean? It's it's a tougher. Well, let me let me ask you this: thing. NXT yes. Europe. They're still saying this is going to be a thing next year. Is is this maybe something where you could see him being a part yeah. of? Yes, I could if if they really want to tour with it. I always, you know, it's funny. Years and years and years ago, when TNA was was struggling in the United States but doing very well on television in England, right? And then they would go to England and they would look so major league with those shows in in the UK. And far more than the shows in the United States, I used to always look forward to it. I remember Jeremy Borash and I, we used to talk about this and it was, um, you know, the idea of, you know, why don't you like, instead of doing like one tour a year, why don't you do like six months of the UK and six months in the United States? And because the UK has no major league promotion, you can be that major league group that's there all the time in the uk and nick was obviously because of that the choice to be in the title mix or champion so that's you know but that's years and years ago and you know you couldn't do that now maybe he ends up taking that nigel mcginnis role where he's just the the experienced voice too right who knows but he could do that you know i mean that's that's a role i think he still wants to wrestle though but i don't you know i haven't spoken to him about anything you know to that degree other than you know you know where he lands oh he loves wrestling he's the stu hard-haired champion for gonna sake and i'll tell you right now that that match was great he it it really was a great wrestling match so yeah uh, i'm hoping that video gets up soon from them because i really want you to see it okay let's move to wwe everybody and their dog was talking about logan paul and what a performance he put on against roman reigns and the question now is with that performance even though he got hurt even though people are saying, you know, this guy only had three matches, could Logan Paul be someone you see as being a viable WWE champion? Wow, that's loaded. Um, there'd be a lot of resentment to it because he's not going to work a full-time schedule. But neither's uh, Roman. Neither's anybody who's wearing that belt these days. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't dismiss it, but it's not something I would run and embrace either. Um, the, the fact is, you know, he is a famous guy. He's very good in the ring. It's actually amazing how good he is in the ring. 
Well, you can be that good when you have three months to work on one match, right? Yeah, to a degree, but he's better than that. Okay, you know fair I mean? enough. Fair enough. I'm, you just, know, it's like, it's like I'm giving all sides here, right? So yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you're you're right in the sense that it's an advantage when you're a totally scripted, totally choreographed match with an experienced guy like Roman and everything. But still, athletically and look wise and talk wise, um, he's he's got gifts for this. He really does. Uh, as far as world champion, I just I feel too many people would resent it. But the idea of Logan Paul defending the world title at WrestleMania against, you know, if somebody suggested to me, I, I would I would think about it. I wouldn't like totally dismiss it. I would be more on the negative side than the positive side today. Two years from now, maybe if he's like improves and turns into a Will Ospreay or something, you know, then I would probably say, hey, he's a celebrity <laughs> and he's famous and he looks great. Yeah. Go for it. Let's shift gears to the SmackDown World Cup. There's a bit of news in this that Mustafa Ali is one of the contenders, though. He's a raw superstar. He is in this tournament for a shot at the SmackDown Intercontinental Championship, replacing what was believed to be Rey Mysterio. Do we have any yes. update on Rey and what's going on with him? Y- yeah, Rey has an injury. I don't know if it's foot or ankle, but it's it's leg. He's out for not that long, but long enough to where he couldn't be in the tournament. So that's what happened. Yeah. Just fits the story then and, and having Ali in there was... Was they were looking team? for they they were looking for a high flyer to face Ricochet. They were looking for that dream right. match. I once saw a Rey Mysterio Ricochet match from years ago in, in the UK. Fantastic match. And I think they were looking for that. And and with him out, who can replicate it? I mean, Ali's he's a really good wrestler. He just doesn't have the cred and the push because they don't give him it. But as far as like him against Ricochet in a match, they could have a tremendous match next week. Kind of a cool story here. MJF has been cast in the Iron Claw. He is going to be playing Lance Von Erich. So for those that know the story, it's it's kind of an interesting casting. But for those that don't, tell us why the significance of an MJF playing Lance Von Erich is a thing. And, and maybe give us a history on Lance Von Erich, and otherwise known as the non-Eric. <laughs> so when I was living in Texas at the time, and um, they were dropping hints for a while, Fritz Von Erich was, of course, the big star of Dallas wrestling and the promoter. And you know, when he was younger, there was he was tag team with a guy named Waldo Von Erich, who was Wally Sieber from Ontario, who also became a very big star in wrestling. They had teamed up in Dallas in the 60s, and they had just kind of mentioned, oh, you know, Waldo's got a son named Lance, who's the Von Erich's cousin. And the guy who was going to play him was a guy named Ricky Vaughn, who they sent to Oregon for a year to learn to wrestle and came back in as Lance Von Erich. And he was the cousin, Kevin Carey and Mike Von Erich. And he was around for a while. And then um, some people knew he wasn't a real Von Eric because he's from Dallas. A lot of people were very, very negative on it. I know Kevin was very negative on it and um, Kerry was negative on it. But Fritz went with it, uh, thinking they needed another marquee star. He was a good looking guy, uh, not great wrestler by any means. And then finally, Ken Mantell and Fritz had a falling out. And Ken Mantell booked a group called Wild Rest Wrestling with Lance as his big star. So Fritz, of course, went on TV and said, this guy is not a Von Eric. He's not related to us. His name right. is William Vaughn. And it's like, you've been telling us for the last two years that this guy's your cousin. And now you're going on TV saying that we lied to you and he's not even related. It was a very negative ending. And Fritz goes, I own the trademark to the name Von Eric, and he will never use the name Von Eric again. So they started calling him Fabulous Lance. And um, that was the story of Lance Von Erich. He was uh, kind of like, uh, you know, a, an asterisk in the history of the Von Erich family in Dallas, Texas. So Jeremy Allen White's going to be playing Carrie Von Erich in this movie. Zach Efron is Kevin Von Erich, and that's uh, obviously going to be a big role. Uh, Cassie Lewis 
Caragino is playing Bruiser Brody. I don't think they could have picked a better guy for that role. Wow. I, I didn't even know Bruiser. I didn't even know there was a Bruiser Brody character in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and look up this guy. He's amazing. And uh, sure enough, Max Friedman's there. And wow. uh, Lance Von Eric. That's according to the IMDb page. So the Iron Claw in production now. We've seen some stills of this. Uh, do you think this is gonna? This is probably going to be a pretty serious movie, isn't it? Given the history of the Von Erich family, the subject is very serious. Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I always thought somebody was going to do a movie on this one. Here it is. It's like almost forty years later. Carrie died thirty-one years ago, and after Carrie died, you know, I just thought there's going to be a movie about this. And there've been there've been several documentaries. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's finally made. I mean, it's the truth is is much stranger than fiction. I mean, I always thought if. If I came up with a movie from a fictitious standpoint based on this, people would laugh that script out of the FI brothers all died young were these giant stars of professional wrestling in a local territory getting living there. I don't think people can conceive of how big local stars these guys were in their territory. I don't want to say bigger than Hogan on, in the United States, but pretty much I would say bigger than, you know, except if you take like Hogan, Austin Rock yeah. and, and in the terror and in, and in that market, they were bigger than Hogan, Austin Rock. But if you, you know, but that's that's the level I'm talking about. I mean, these guys, their TV ratings in the market were gigantic. Everybody knew them. They were more famous than the players on the Cowboys. Everyone knew Fritz von Erich and they knew the kids. The girls loved them. They were I mean, they were big time celebrities. And uh, I think this I think this could be another movie like The Wrestler where it hits a mainstream appeal and wrestling almost becomes kind of the secondary story. Obviously the wrestling is, is what brought them to the dance, but I mean, even that movie, the wrestler, it was the study of this, this character. And I think if they get into the dynamics of these people and who knows, I don't know what the script is or anything. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the potential is there if they do it well. I mean, look, it's, it's also could be a bad movie too. So it's a fascinating subject. You know, I mean, I know that there was like lots and lots of talk of the, ben, of a Benoit movie, which, you know, was written in this and that, but never went anywhere. And it could have been a really fascinating movie too. Well, maybe it'll be wrestling centric. Maybe it won't be. We'll find out there. Okay. We've been going long here, Dave, but there's a couple more quick things that we got to touch on. Uh, this was a big one that we didn't get to talk about yet. I know that he's kind of said on his podcast what his role is going to be behind the scenes a bit as well. But Jeff Jarrett appearing in AEW makes perfect sense to a lot of us for having him backstage and doing business stuff. Jeff Jarrett on AEW TV, though. Do you think this is the right move? I would not think it would be good for him to be a weekly character on television as far as for this pay-per-view working with sting he's really good at that like he did a great job working with flair right i i, I don't like I, I don't mind at all i mean like when he first showed up it was like oh god jeff jared on AEW tv it reminds me of tna i mean my my initial reaction was negative and then when i see like kind of where it's going we got a tag team match in the middle of the card on the pay-per-view with sting and you know what it's like it's okay it's fine but I would not like him as a weekly character as far as somebody who who does something every now and then does an angle yeah. here and there. I don't got, I don't got a problem with that behind the scenes. If he can help behind the scenes, you know, as far as they're going to be doing more shows, producing shows, he's got a lot of experience in the business. I hope it, I hope it works out. I think, I think most people aren't really negative on him behind the scenes, but they don't necessarily want him on TV. I, I don't mind him on TV if it's a short term thing, like like a million other people. I mean, look, they had Tully on. It's fine. They have Arn on. Right. As a guy in there every now and then, weekly doing promos, um, I would rather the time was spent on younger guys, but he can always be the guy you bring in every now and then. Like, eh, it's all right. It's all right. Well, I mean, he's, not- he's really pushing this last outlaw thing, which I don't even yeah, know if he I, needs to do that, to be honest with you. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost like he wants to be Terry Funk. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a Terry Funk's gimmick at uh, 
in ECW to a degree. Well, speaking of the last outlaw, Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com, rumors abound Steve Austin for one more mania? He had a good match. It was great. I thought, you know, he started out a little trepidation at the beginning. We talked about this before, but then he got into it and... Man, it was it was stone cold. It was fun. It's WrestleMania. And if Steve Austin wants to wrestle. I mean, I would say go for it 100 percent. It's obviously it's up to him, just like it was like right. he wanted to do maybe a few minute brawl. And then I think he felt, you know, I can do a 15 minute match. And so they did the match. And I think that that's the same thing. It's like, you know, he's going to do what he feels comfortable doing. And he's a great performer and he's got the instincts. And if he's in there with the right guy, I'll tell you what. I mean, like when when when, when you bring this up. I, I kind of like the idea. I mean, it's it's a tough one, but I think they can pull it off is a main event for one of the two nights being John Cena against Steve Austin. Never been done. Ooh, before. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, normally you would go, well, he's maybe he'll wrestle Austin Theory or one of these young guys. But I, I like that. It's like that's like a real dream match. I don't want to put him with Brock. Although no, it, no. You know, you know, although although him and Brock would be a giant match if they did it. But with him and Cena, I could see that as, a, as a, a safer and a very big match that, you know, because it's again, it's something nobody ever thought they would see. And I think that the heat would be so good that I mean, I, I, I got to throw the other one out at you, though. We were asking about this. I asked him. Face CM Punk? Face. Fans are already writing this match. Like you see some people's posts like, oh, it's already confirmed. It's going to be Steve Austin. Cena, but we're not saying that at all. But I'm just I'm throwing that out to you um, as I, a possible. I, I, do, you, do you see this being big money? Because I, I just see dollar yes, signs yes, all over it. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I see that as I see that as a, as a potential giant match, and uh, that's what you want out of WrestleMania when you got two nights and you got a big stadium. You want matches like that. So that one um, for Punk, I mean, that would probably be that would be a big one to walk into, real big. I know we don't have you next week, but we have lots to read from you. Uh, take us through this past week's newsletter and some of the things you highlighted on for us. This last week's issue was was more based on, you know, the the big shows of, the you know, the Crown Jewel and right. um, some of the shows in Japan and everything's like that. A big story on Carl von Steiger, who was a big star in the 60s and 70s, who yeah, passed, passed away last away. week. Uh, I've already written a story, you know, because the Usos broke that tag team, WWE tag team record, uh, talking about, you know, essentially the the longest reigning tag team champions not just wwe but all over the world and the biggest tag team stars of, of all time so so got there that already done i i actually love that wwe is acknowledging their history a little more and more now and uh and everyone's history they you know they acknowledge yeah. um i i thought it was cool that they acknowledged nakamura and muda are wrestling on january 1st always a great chat sir thank you very much and we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks okay great week Coming up next, we talk to someone else from the Wrestling Observer Radio Network, a guy who is also a part of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. There's a little bit of a, a divide there, if you know the culture of the current internet wrestling scene. Mike Sempervivi talks about the concept of the wrestling news. It seems so simple, but it took a long time to get off the ground as well. It's here, and we're going to find out more about it next on Sunday night's main event. This is Sunday Night's Main Event on TSN Radio. If you're a fan of Sunday Night's Main Event, check out WrestlingObserver.com, a daily podcast, multiple podcasts per day, with hosts Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, and a number of others. You get a full library of podcasts dating back to 2005, over 9,000 shows, hundreds of back issues of Dave's Wrestling Observer newsletter dating back to 1991, and so much more. Don't miss out. Check it out today, WrestlingObserver.com. This is Sunday Night's Main Event on TSN Radio.
Oh yeah, some soft jazz here on Sunday night's main event. I'm Mike McGuire, and that is the very familiar signature to the Wrestling News, a new daily podcast that launched a few months ago. It's bite-sized news nuggets, and it's brought to us by a guy who's very familiar to wrestling radio fans around the globe, Mike Sempervivi. I reached out to Mike a little while ago to talk about the wrestling news, and we did just that. Mike Sempervivi, pleasure to meet you. First nice of all. to meet you as well, too. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, I, I got to admit, I'm kind of a, a fan from afar. And since taking over Sunday night's main event back in January, I, I kind of swore that I, w- I wasn't going to be the guy that's like, you know, I'm the only guy doing a wrestling radio show because Lord knows I'm not. I'm not the only guy doing a podcast because Lord knows. There's a few of them out there. If it wasn't for wrestling, I don't think podcasts would even be a thing, to be honest. But here we are. And... There was something that that happened recently in your life that you became a part of that I listen to daily, and I actually quite enjoy because it's something that I tried to bring to our show a little bit, but we're once a week, and so to to hit on every story every day would be impossible because we only have an hour to do it, and you bring out these nice chunks of the wrestling news from Mm -hmm. the uh, Arcadian Vanguard podcast network. Uh, For those that, that are wondering why that sounds familiar... Uh, associated with uh, Brian Last and and Jim Cornette and all these people. And and that's where I first heard about it, actually. But it's funny because you're also on the Wrestling Observer Live side, and you're right there with Dave. So are you like me? Do you kind of feel like you're in the middle of, of everything some days? I do. You know, the way I look at that, a lot of people ask and have asked, you know, how can you work for Brian Alvarez and Brian Last? And I just, Walson <laughs> Gabernopolis. It's the way I have always been. I am an independent contractor out here. Yeah. This thing. And I've been with Brian Alvarez and figure four weekly figure four online since it was a newsletter, you know, far yeah. predating the website. I contributed to that a little bit. And when Brian started up his site, I was already doing a show with Keith Lipinski and Zach Arnold called the Press Who Power Hour, which was covering Japanese professional wrestling. But at that time, a heavy, heavy interest in mixed martial arts in K1. Most of our guests, many of our guests, obviously, we had a lot of wrestling guests as well, too. But a lot of it was based around that. And at that same time, the only other show and granted, there was. Obviously, what was going on with up in Canada, you know, up here with the law. I mean, everybody listened to the law, you know, either Mm -hmm. online or they they picked it up late at night on Sunday or however they did it. You know, but other than that, we may have been the only show out there kind of going at least one of the few I can think of of any acclaim whatsoever. Not that we had any acclaim. I mean, it was podcasting before there were podcasts, you know, we'd say radio shows people. You're not on the radio. Well, yeah, I guess technically not, but one person that was was Brian Alvarez. So it's it just, a, it's it's internet radio. You got yeah, you got to have the internet for it. <laughs> exactly, and they were actually the one company that decided to throw a bunch of money away at it. Brian and Dave were with, and then they obviously ended up with Sports Byline down the line, and that's how Wrestling Observer Live got to the point that it's at. Yeah, but that's at that time. That's when I hooked up with Brian, and I just always loved doing radio. I always loved pro wrestling, and 
I didn't go to school for any of this stuff. I just grew up a big radio fan and grew up a big wrestling fan. I love news. I love news radio. I grew up outside Washington, D.C. There was WTOP, which was an all-news station, a lot of great 50,000-watt stations on AM. And I know I'm speaking to a very... Uh, old portion of the uh, the listenership <laughs> and viewership right now. But like, you know, I was really always into that stuff. And it's something that I wanted to, to come over and bring to Wrestling Observer. It just didn't fit. Jim Cornette is a big, you know, overarching shadow over everything that Brian Last does. Yeah. But he's not Arcadian Vanguard. In fact, He's not got no association with anything else on that show besides the Jim Cornette experience and Jim and the other show, the drive through much like everything else in wrestling. There is that little bit of tribalism. You know, this guy's great. This guy's not. So when you go back to bringing in that, you know, Jim's not a part of Arcadian Vanguard. He's just a part of one of the shows on Arcadian Vanguard. Like, this is what I love about it is because people have these, these narrow visions of, what a wrestling, I don't even want to say journalist. I mean, you, you do do the news show, but I mean, let's face it. We're all fans that love to talk about wrestling here. Yeah. And it's almost like some people want to put us in tribes of, you know, like, well, this guy only likes this and this guy only likes this. And well, that, that that's why I was ready for anything that I was going to get. And I have gotten it being associated with Brian and starting up this venture because you're talking Brian last Brian last yeah, because yeah. with the mid Atlantic championship podcast, you know, I, the people that have heard that podcast and obviously it's a very specific history oriented podcast where we go through weekly history shows, but we also, you know, give a lot of background as far as the history of Jim Crockett promotions dating back into the thirties. So it's a, it's one of those shows that obviously is not going to get the attention that the wrestling news did. So I knew once we announced this, that and not only myself, but also Brian Solomon, who used to work, you know, for WWE in the magazine department and who wrote the incredible book on the Sheik and has done a lot of really great work. You know, he's the news director behind it. And it was very important to us, you know, to make sure that there is a absolute division of church and state, which Brian Last obviously was absolutely for himself too, because he knows what kind of pushback we were going to get. Yeah. And because I've had to work with Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer for so long and catch mm -hmm. strays from them, I knew, you know, because people all the time, you know, you and Meltzer and all. Dave Meltzer and I have no conversations whatsoever. We did a couple of, of shows called Sin Lamente that were these long form style shows. And other than that, we have no contact with each other whatsoever. None. You know, Brian and I do a show every day. I'm closer to Brian. I, you know, I would, and this is going to sound spicy to say that we're not friends because that wouldn't necessarily be the case, but I'm not in Seattle. I'm on the right. other side of the country in Delaware. I didn't grow up with Brian. I don't have a, I have a one hour daily personal relationship with Brian, <laughs> you know, doing this. So while I have obviously have good feelings for Brian, we're not tight or close or any of that sort of stuff, you know? And again, I know that probably sounds worse than it is, but it's like, no, no. we're not in cahoots together the same yeah. way that Brian Lasser. We're not, we're just trying to read the news where you have a concept that all of us are into Solomon 
Last and I are all East Coast. I'm assuming we're all around the same age. I, I think I'm a little bit older than those guys. I think, you know, maybe okay. by maybe at most 10 years. I, I'm not sure about everybody's ages there, but we all grew up in the Northeast. You know, a lot of big, media, big news stations. Yeah. Huge news stations. A lot of media, you know, sports, it, it, they the boom of WFAN and everything that that created for sports radio, the creation of sports radio, which started kind of basically out of New York with WFAN and then later with ESPN radio, taking it up to a different level. Like we were all into that sort of stuff and we all have podcasts and we all listen to podcasts. There's one thing that we all thought was missing. And I, again, it's a concept that I've been wanting to do for a long time it's something that Brian had wanted to do, not unbeknownst to me, the same type of kind of general concept that I was thinking of where we were just delivering, you know, news. Yeah. And that was really important to us. And you, you look at the landscape, there's not much of that. And there's a lot of shows where there's a ton of rumor and speculation and conjecture and there's tons of shows that review shows there's shows of shows that are probably you know reviewing shows of people reviewing show all that stuff but there was no quick daily digest of here's everything you need to know here are the top stories when you're on the train when you're stuck in traffic or when you just need to get what you know as you get to the other podcasts that you like, because Dave and Brian are a, at least an hour yeah. every time out. When you look at all the other shows that are topical, they're all, again, many of them very good. I do our raw review called Tuesday Morning Cooked, and yeah. I will go ahead and say it's the best damn uh, raw review on the internet. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it, it, you, know, you just need to be able to get to some of those other shows. Yeah. And you only you want to hear this quick hit on the way to school, on the way to work, coming home from work. If you're in yeah. Europe, if you're just cracking to, to me, it was something that was needed. And from what I found out, it has been something that was needed. The response to it has been universally great. And the cool part for me, again, being a radio geek and never being officially trained and learning everything on the fly that I know when you have guys that have read the news, when you have guys that do blasts and who do sports top of the hours and news top of the hours, and they say that they've liked it and they like the concept, that's been the best for me. Coming up a little more with Mike Sempervivi, give you an idea of just how busy this guy is. Plus, before we go, a reminder about the upcoming best of and worst of of 2022 right here on Sunday night's main event. Here in Canada, we have several regionally specific phrases that arise when said vernacular is considered appropriate, i.e. the funny-sounding term shinny. Shinny is a game of ice hockey played without the standard head-to-toe body armor. Instead, only skates, gloves, a hockey stick, and preferably a helmet is worn. And if you're Mike Lackey, GLB's brewmaster, you wear the same pair of shinny pants day in and day out from December until March. A common code of ethics is employed during a game of shinny. For example, raising the puck off the ice is strongly discouraged, for fear of being struck in the shins or worse, elsewhere. However, the most common practice takes place off the sheet of ice. Mandatory post-shinny beverages with your team, and boy does Great Lakes Brewery have the beer for that. Shinny Pants Session Stout, a beer inspired by Mr. Lackey's well-worn and well-stained pants. Oh man, you spilled beer on my shinny pants, bud. 
Shinny Pants Session Stout. Drink it fresh, please. You're listening to Sunday Night's Main Event on TSN Radio. Welcome back to the show. We were talking to Mike Sempervivi from the Wrestling News. Wanted to talk a little more with him before we end today, so let's go back to that interview. Mike Sempervivi, you can hear... Okay, do we go down the entire list of everywhere you are? Let's let's try and get as many as we can here. Where can we hear and or see Mike Sempervivi? <laughs> Every single day, the Wrestling News. Just go to thewrestlingnews.com. If you're on Twitter, at Wrestling News AV. If you're on Facebook, I believe that's also Wrestling News AV. If you have an Alexa, you can just tell her, hey, play the Wrestling News podcast. Make sure to add podcast at the end. And every single day. There it is right there. there. Between 7 and 20 minutes every single day, we give you everything you need, not only from America, but from Mexico, from Japan, from Europe whether it's ratings, whether it's MJF got a role in a movie, whatever it is, as long as it's news, as long as it's not filler or fluff or PR, we are going to deliver that to you between 7 and 20 minutes every single day, the wrestling news. If you want a little bit more lightheartedness when talking about wrestling news, then join myself and Brian Alvarez every single day. I'm going to have some announcements coming when it comes to the Mid-Atlantic Championship podcast coming up. You can find that in Mid-Atlantic Pod on Twitter. Always great stuff on that feed every single day on this day in, in Jim Crockett Promotions history, either clippings from way back in the day or if I have them, Audio and video go up there so you can relive some great moments in wrestling history that are still relevant today. And if you need a little bit of Japanese wrestling in depth and detail, that show that started as a Paresu Power Hour way back when, when Brian Alvarez started F4WOnline.com, we're nearing 500 episodes. Adam Summers and I go in depth on Japanese wrestling. Is the longest running Japanese wrestling related uh, radio show out there. This has been amazing, Mike. I'm so glad to meet you. Thank you for uh, coming on Canada's only national wrestling radio show here if i can put us over for a second but uh, in, in all seriousness man uh this has been really cool i hope we get to do this again and uh, catch up a bit because uh love the passion for the wrestling news like i said i i had kind of thought of the same thing a while back i'm not saying that you took my idea and trust me because no but look but, you're but not it's, it's, yeah but but there's a lot of people that have wanted to do it and you guys are doing it and you're doing it well so it's a pleasure, and again, I, I hope we get to foster a little bit of a relationship here uh, with Sunday Night's Main Event and you guys, because uh, honestly, it's uh, it's it's nice to actually take wrestling like any other fandom, where if you just want to know what's going on, you can get that here. And so you guys do a great job, and Mike, it's, it's an absolute pleasure, man. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me on. And again, you know, the feeling is mutual. So anytime you'd like to have me back on, I would be thrilled. And hopefully one day you could show up. Maybe Alvarez, he's got to go to the dentist again. Uh, he just randomly needs to go to California to do some rewiring and some dusting over at Dave's house, whatever the case may be. <laughs> if he's out there, maybe you could jump on Wrestling Observer Live. I would love to do that with you. Oh, my God, I'd it. die. I, I thought taking over this show would be enough. If you throw me there, I'd be uh, I'd be beside myself. So, uh, Mike, thank you very much again. The Wrestling News. Last thing before we go here, I got to know because we're, we're almost at the time here. Who, who picked the music, the music to start this thing off? For the wrestling news, or yeah, because you have you have like this this like soft jazz sort of intro we, every every episode. Amazingly, all of us, and I think I can speak for Kippelman here as well too. And I can't forget about Lou Kippelman, but all of us like jazz. I mean, all of us well, are jazz fans. 
That's where I was going with this because I'd pictured it being Kibbleman because if there's anybody in your network that has a soft jazz voice. He's got the best oh, one. I love uh, Sweet Lou, <laughs> Lucius. I love him. I, I God, I love him. I love his voice. It's fantastic. But, you know, Je- Brian's a big jazz guy. And, you know, we all had an NPR kind of vibe to how we were doing this. <laughs> Think about it Next. went to Coltrane. And so I we got a little bit of a different version of that because these things because money because money yeah exactly (laughs) expensive and yeah we we aren't doing this for the money we don't generate any money off of it this is all a passion project but yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie yeah we were we we kind of wanted you know coltrane miles davis something just just do me a favor next time you throw to a kippelman segment and he's giving like a long review or a long story just have a slow baseline walking or anything. But doom, 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 doom. <laughs> so, I mean, it would be the best. It would be the best. I know, and that's we we put ourselves in the corner because we are doing straight news and we are always. <laughs> I know <laughs> there are so many plays already that we have thought of. You know, just like you know, Lou after having to do his fourth story or something, where it's just like. <laughs> Damn it, I'm Lou Kippelman or something. And here's, you know, and here's the remix. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Big thanks again going to Mike Sampervivi for being a part of the show this week. We'll have him back on again, I think, because, uh, well, frankly, dude loves to talk. In fact, if you're a member of our Patreon, tomorrow, just before Tuesday morning Cooked goes up, you're going to get an opportunity to hear the entire conversation between him and I, unedited, unfurled, untweaked by any means. Uh, we're just a couple of guys that love nerding out about wrestling. And frankly, a couple of guys who are also a little tired of some of the, the bias going on out there. So if you like wrestling for what it is, you don't need a lot of the noise. We'll be there for you. Now, speaking of the noise, this time of year is when everybody likes to sound off about what they loved and didn't quite love about the year in wrestling. The best of and worst ofs are coming. If you want to have your say, you still have an opportunity now by joining the SNME Radio Patreon for about a buck a week. Like, really, what, five bucks a month? That helps us keep the lights on. That helps us bring in great interview guests. And that also lets you be a part of this show, which is what we really want more than anything. So, patreon.com slash SNME Radio. We're tabulating our list, and we look forward to hearing some of your ideas of what you liked and maybe didn't like of 2022. Until next time, thank you for listening, and let me do what I do. Play safe, drive safe. I'll be seeing ya. Thanks for finding Sunday night's main event. To get the complete show as well as bonus weekly podcasts, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash SNME radio.